In a time when film criticism is as provocative as ever, Feelin' Film ventures to change the discussion from what we hate about a film to what we love about it. We judge more on emotional experience than technical merit, because every movie makes us feel something. Welcome to Feelin' Film, Episode 8. I'm Aaron. And I'm Patrick, and this week we are reviewing the 2014 reboot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And I gotta tell you, I am pretty excited about this one. I am as well, Patrick. This series has been one that has brought me a lot of joy throughout my childhood, and uh, I had a lot of mixed feelings about this movie the first time I saw it. As did I. And I think giving it a second chance is... Uh, perfect. I think this one fits our format very well and is going to give us a lot to consider. Yes, absolutely, man. I'm, I, when we decided to go with this one, it got me thinking about the old uh, TV series, the cartoon, and the video games growing up and just how much of a fan I was of the whole franchise even before I began reading some of the comics. And so seeing this one pop up on our radar just gave me a lot of goosebumps Um because, uh, you know, I am a I am a test subject when it comes to what our philosophy is. I did not like this movie the first time I saw it. And so to, to give it a second chance was something that I was both looking forward to and a little apprehensive at the same time. Yep, same here. I was uh, much in the same boat. I didn't really care for it the first time I saw it. And I will give a little spoiler up front and say that that did change when I watched it the second me. time. Me as well. So do you want to start off by telling us a little bit about what you've been up to this week? Yeah, man. Uh, so my wife and I, um, we don't watch a lot of reality television. We were biggest loser fans for a long time. And then it's, it got to be, you know, no pun intended, quite bloated in terms of what they do on that show. But we found there, there are two reality shows that I've gotten into in the last uh, couple of weeks. Um, one was one that we saw featured a, a couple of to three four weeks before it actually debuted. It was on Fox. It was called a, it's a show called American Grit, and it's hosted by John Cena. And uh, I I was a wrestling fan in high school and early college. He was not part of the pantheon of, of wrestling that I I was a part of, but I know he's a wrestler. And so I thought to myself, this is going to be interesting. A wrestler is hosting a show, and it's a it's a reality show based on athletics and teamwork. And uh, there are four teams, all led by um, military-based leaders that are from, like, the Marines, the Army. I think one's a Navy SEAL, and um, I can't remember what the fourth one is. But um, anyway, so these guys, they they pick um, their teams from this group of athletes that come from all over the place. So we got a lumberjack, we've got a bodybuilder, we've got... Um, a stay-at-home mom who's become like an uber athlete or whatever, and so it's essentially it's a it's it's a it's an athletic competition where they compete these things called um, I think endurances I can't remember what it is but they compete like an obstacle course on the first half of the show and then the winners of that oh it's called a, it's called an evolution sorry so it's a it's a it's an it's a prop uh, a event they call evolutions the winner of the evolution gets to be excused from the last event of the back half of the episode called uh, called the circus and the other three teams have to pick someone to compete in the circus and anyway 
it's become a lot of fun for us. We enjoy the the athleticism. We enjoy some of the conversations between the different teams and some of the smack talk and whatever. But so there's that one. Um, the other reality show is one that I got turned on to actually a couple of days ago. It's on the History Channel. I've been catching. It's in actually it's in its second what? season. The reality. Yeah. Wait, hold on. This the, yeah. This this is where we are in 2016. I thought eight years ago that reality television was going the way of the buffalo, but apparently it's like the internet. It's going to stick around for a little bit. Yeah, and but so, the History Channel. That's just kind of shocking I, to me. I mean, yeah, I know. It's, it's 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 where we are, man. Even the History Channel has reality television. But um, anyway, it's called Alone. And it's, this is not involving groups of people at all. Essentially what it is, is there are the beginning of the season, there are 10 individuals who are basically dropped in, um, in a large area. I think this is in Vancouver, Canada, Vancouver forest or Vancouver, like the, it's some, some big like jungle area. And they're all dropped in different spots. And the whole objective is to just live as long as you can with 10 things that you bring with you. So it's like Survivor without Jeff Probst and obstacle courses and voting. You basically choose as the as a participant when you go home. And so what we see are all these guys, they have like they have like uh, uh, handheld cameras and the show basically follows these individuals and how they're adapting to life in the wilderness. And so they're, I mean, it's, it's, it's a survival show. It's essentially what it is. And I've just watched the first two episodes and, um, it's, it's very slow. There's not a lot of action. It's really just, it's almost just raw documentary, but the premise behind it of seeing how long these guys can last, um, gathering their own food, making their own water, building their own fire. So one of the biggest issues with the first episode was the fact that this area is like, it's like a rainforest. So everything is wet. Mm-hmm. And, uh, do they anyway, know that it's, it's, going into it? Do they know? They don't No, No, they, they don't know anything about the area. That's that unfair. That completely changes what you need to bring. <laughs> exactly. But these guys are trying to, you know, they, they consider themselves all as, as survivalists and, um, yeah, so it's interesting, man. From a psychological point of view, I mean, being a being a psych guy, I, I I find it really interesting to see how these guys cope with the elements, not only from the physical and emotional, but also from the psychological. You know, getting psyched out at, at the things that are going on around them. I mean, again, there are no outside obstacles that are being created for them to battle. I mean, they're basically just living in the woods hmm. and trying to find out. If they are, and I don't know how long this goes. I mean, I don't know if these guys are lasting, you know, for a year, for sixty days. If there's a time limit, but it literally is the last man to survive, and none of them know when the other eight or nine bow out, quit, bow out. So they have no idea. But That's, anyway. that, I'm intrigued. I actually I don't watch very much TV at all. Um, yeah, I just I don't I don't have time to commit to series and stuff, but. Um, that's intriguing, and I might have to check that one out and see if I can find it on Hulu or somewhere. Well, just History Channel has it. They're all on demand. All the episodes from the first season are available, and there are no commercials, which I love. I absolutely love there are no commercials in this. Cool. So, yeah, well, check out uh, yeah, History I may, Channel. I may definitely check out that first episode then because you, you piqued my interest. Good deal. Check out American Great too while you're at it. Cause that's nah, just... that's not a, that's not one that's not one that's up my alley. I'm, I'm sure there's a <laughs> listener out there that's that's listening to this right now and just loving it and probably like pumping their chest and doing some sort of John Cena 
chant or pose <laughs> or something wrestling ish, but not this guy. It's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. All right. Well, for me, I have, you know, we decided that we wanted to cover turtles, um, both this one and TMNT two the week that it comes out in theaters. And so I've been doing a little bit of a kind of nostalgic trip to the past, uh, here recently. And I started by doing something that I've always wanted to do, which is dig into the original TMNT comics by the studio is called Mirage. Funny story. Uh, the studio was called Mirage because the two creators of the turtles, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, they actually started the turtles comic out of their living room. And so they named the studio Mirage because it was kind of like a mirage of a real studio. Um, so it's kind of like this <laughs> witty, this witty name that they came up with. Uh, I didn't know they started that studio. They did. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Yep. That's how it came about. So, Very cool. so I've been reading the initial comics and it's pretty amazing. Uh, they're really good for one thing. They're black and white, which was a little bit of a surprise to me. Um, but they, they do a great job just in the first, I've read the first volume, the first trade paperback of telling you the turtles personalities, um, and really what you're going to be getting, um, you know, the origin story right off the bat within these issues, they've introduced characters that we're used to April O'Neil, Casey Jones, um, the Krang. So they, they take the turtles to space, like literally right off the bat, like episode, like <laughs> not episode, but like issue four. Um, and the, the point of that was to kind of set the stage for what these turtles were going to be dealing with. Um, and so I've been enjoying those a lot. I think, I don't think I'm going to continue with those. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to start reading this newer series by IDW comics. They did a reboot of the turtles and they're in color. They're gorgeously drawn. And I think that one started somewhere in like 2011 or 2012. And my plan is to start reading through that series. It's critically acclaimed and, uh, looks to be look really good from everything I've, I've seen. Well, you've, uh, you've, you've got me thinking about something. Um, do you, are you aware of the Batman turtles crossover, which I know sounds absurd. No, I'm aware of it and I want to read it. Okay. I, I want to okay. read it in continuity, but I, okay, yeah. I definitely know it exists and I am a Batman guy. Um, so <laughs> I, yeah, that's, I do know it. it's out there and, <laughs> and I do want to get to it for sure because it sounds amazing. <laughs> um, can't go wrong can't go wrong in addition to that i've just been watching uh a couple episodes here and there of the new animated tv show i got in a little debate with my kids about this so, so i watched uh this the second time around i watched the turtles with my kids um the movie that we we're talking about here today and so that got us into all kinds of conversations about my past and how much you know i had grown up with these characters and so I was telling them my series was better. Of course, they thought their series was better. I told them my series had a better theme song and that the old movies had better theme songs. Um, I even played for them the uh, classic song. Uh, what was it called? Uh, Turtle Power, man. Turtle Power, T-U-R-T-L-E, Power. Power. Um, I played it for them, and I sang every lyric, and uh, and they were just looking at me just agape. Like, they were, come on, Dad. Like, stop. And so then they made me play the theme song to the new Turtle animated show, and they just rocked it out in the back seat. They were, like, rapping, and they did the whole thing, and it was so cool, <laughs> so cool that, like, this show is now bridging generations. 
We'll probably get into that more later, but anyway, I watched a few episodes of this new animated show, and I absolutely love it. I think it's fantastic. I hope I can find some time. Like, it's the kind of show that I'm going to, like, throw on when I'm doing editing for the podcast or, you know, just reviewing notes and stuff like that. It's the kind I can throw on in the background and, and have up without having to just sit and give it my wholehearted full attention. But it is really good. The writing is great. The animation is great. Um, really enjoy it a lot, and I recommend it highly to anyone out there. Give this new Turtles a chance. And lastly, okay. you know, as we're jumping into uh, the uh, the actual review of this show, I think we should get this out of the way because this is a very important thing, and this is going to tell our listeners a whole lot about us. Do you know where okay. I'm going with this? I've got an idea, but uh, uh, go ahead and go ahead and tell me. All right, Patrick. Yes. Who is your favorite turtle? Ooh, man, that's tough. That is tough. I could tell you, at the age of twelve, it was Leonardo for sure. But interesting that you asked me that because after watching this movie, so you like to tell people what to do is what you're trying to tell me. Essentially, you and you I like, like carrying around. I like carrying around big sharp blades. I mean. Come on, man. You know, just who's not intimidated by that, right? <laughs> but after but after watching this movie, I am starting to connect with Donatello a little bit more. And I it was the biggest surprise. So it's it's a toss up. I'm gonna probably still stick with Leonardo because he's been he's been my guy for as many years as I've been into the uh, the turtle franchise, but Donatello is quickly making a great argument for why he's just as just as cool. How about you? That is a uh, it's interesting. I <laughs> uh, the fact that we didn't talk about this beforehand cracks me up. <laughs> so I'm a Donatello guy. Okay, I had a bow. I it was a bow was awesome because. I could and by bow, you meant like broomstick, right? I was going to get there, yes. Uh, that's okay. what I was getting at. Like, as a kid, okay. like, I didn't have to have my parents buy me the fake weapon because I could just go get a stick. And I'm, oh, Donat- and I'm Donatello, so I win. Um, <laughs> I love Donatello. I, you know, I, I think it's because he was the smart one, the science guy. Um, over the years, Leonardo has grown on me, and I don't know if it's because I've been in a lot of <laughs> a lot of leadership roles uh, throughout my life um, in my you know career and job. But the idea of Leonardo leading the group and having to keep these different personalities intact has really um, just become something that I admire. And so his character has become more and more fascinating to me. I, I love them all. Do not get me wrong here. I think yeah. that they all have incredible very unique personalities that is one of the 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 joys of these characters that we have created is they're so different and they all have a problem they all bring something to the table at the same time it's 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 really well done but yeah for me donatello number one leonardo's coming up um coming up quick so okay Okay. kind of, kind of the same two turtles we we are liking i <laughs> i'll tell you my kid my son, Tyler, uh, it's all about Mikey and, uh, oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. it's Michelangelo, yeah. I think is the, the norm for people's favorite. I also have a really good friend named Andy. He is a turtle fan diehard. Um, at his wedding, he actually had his best man and his groomsmen put on different colored masks. And there's this series of photos 
where he's Michelangelo and they've all got on different colored masks and they're like jumping and doing like kicks in the air and stuff. It is amazing. I have oh always gosh. been envious of those pictures because wow. he nailed it. And, uh, you know, his house is full of tur- his, ha- his house, his new man cave that he's got setting up right now. It's just full of turtles, memorabilia and stuff. And it's, it's really cool. So he's been a, a go-to for me and my renewal of, of fandom for these, these characters. Yeah. Wow. I, that's, that's definitely fandom right there for sure. <laughs> it is. So, all right, let's jump in to the actual movie that we're going to talk about because the turtles have been around for a while as we've, we've been mentioning, you know, they've, they've had comics, they had a long running animated series in our childhood back in the, I don't know, eighties or nineties, early late eighties, maybe. Is that when it started? I think, 87 I think was when I remember the first uh, animated series coming out yeah and something like that so we grew up on it and it was really good Um, but there's actually been five total turtle movies Uh, the the first three were from the 90s and they all used actors with animatronic heads so a little bit of a different feel back then Um, the fourth was a CGI animated film in 2007 I don't remember that one. It did not do well. Did not ever get a sequel. Okay. And then this new 2014 film, uh, not directed by Michael Bay, but uh, produced by Michael Bay, so you can feel his influence all over it. Um, Mm -hmm. And this one uses motion capture, which is, you know, all the rage these days. And very cool. It gave us some, some really unique new ways to see the turtles in action, I think. So that's kind of the history of the turtle movies. There's been five, or I guess technically very soon there will have been six uh, because Out of the Shadows will be coming out um, a week after this, and we will see how that one does. But so far, you know, the response to all of these has not been great. The original movies have a cult following. Uh, You know, you and I have a couple of them we like. Um, Mm -hmm. Turtles in Time is routinely regarded as an absolute complete failure. That's the third Turtles movie from back in the 90s. This one, though, this this, uh, 2014 reboot is at like 22% on the Rotten Tomato meter. And it's interesting because its fans are up up in the 51%. So the fan rating here is the same as Twister that we talked about last week. So it's kind of – I was surprised by that, honestly. Yeah, me too. The the buzz I'd heard was a lot more negative – uh, more toward what the critics say. Uh, but yeah, so users everywhere across the internet that I could find gave this one about a 50, 50%, you know, thumbs up. It's, it is produced by Michael Bay, uh, and it's the same visual production team that he used with Transformers, which if, if you've seen this, like, there's really no surprise there. Yeah. If there's going to be a running joke on our podcast, it's going to be my battles with liking anything Michael Bay does. And, and, uh, he's going to be the challenge in my life to be able to capture the best of a director that I just, I have real issues with. So that was part of my bias going into it. The first time was Michael Bay's name on this. Uh, okay. I've already got two strikes against it, you know, and, and you're, you're right. The, the, the CG and everything is very much a la transformers. Yep, it is. And, even the shredder character yeah looks like a robot like that's yeah. that's probably one of my biggest complaints on the film if i have i have some you know i'm not going to 
sugarcoat it totally, but um, <laughs> is that Shredder, he has a cool suit of armor, but I mean, the way that these blades are flying out of him and like, he's like <laughs> pulling them back magnetically and I, it, he looks like a transformer in action. He does. And that kind of was like, ah, come on. Like, you know, we've got, we've got plenty of like action things to explore with these, these characters in this series. Let's, let's let him be more of a ninja in his roots. And yeah. uh, I wasn't really a fan of that. Um, some of the other common criticisms that were brought up, I'll run down a couple of them and then I'll let you start in with what you thought. The, a lot of people say that the gen- generic villain, uh, Sax, he's, he's the kind of, God, he's so generic that I really can't describe him very well. Um, but they, a lot of people did not care for him. Um, he's, he's the non super powered villain in this scenario. He's the guy with the money, um, who just wants to make more of it. Um, a lot of people think that the, the plot was boring, um, that the or the origin story was changed up, kind of bothered some people, including myself. That's one of my bigger dislikes of the film. Luckily, that doesn't change much other than just an opening sequence. So it was, a, it was one that, you know, kind of negatively affected me more so the first time than the second time I watched it. Um, product placement all over the place. Um, and a lot of people just thought that this was too serious and not funny or silly enough, which I have some beef with and we'll, we'll get there. But for you, what did you, did, did any of these negatives uh, resonate with you? Um, yeah. But not as much as there were there were a few things that sort of stood out to me. There was the first instance that we see the turtles in action, not necessarily the first time we see all four of them, but particularly when we later find out Raphael, um, he swings a giant shipping container when April kind of spots him. Oh, it's awesome. It's so awesome. You know what? It's awesome. After watching most of the movie, it's not awesome at the first because I'm like, again, Knowing what I know about my, my past with the turtles, I'm like, turtles can't do that. These are not. These are not. These They're are not ninjas, super... Patrick. Ninjas. Okay. Ninja turtles. Tell, tell me a ninja that you know, if you know any, that can actually take a shipping container and throw it. My cat's a ninja. You're. I can't argue with that. I mean, so I'll just move on to something that has a little <laughs> bit more weight to it. <laughs> I didn't like Shredder's dialogue at all. At some point, I was like, just stop talking. Just just be a presence. I mean, you you look like my knife collection in the kitchen. That's intimidating enough. He Don't really talk. Does. I mean, I'm he's with just. You. Um, and then I think the only other thing, and this is this was a, this is a tipping point for me. The Hashi. Um, the first time I watched this movie, I actually turned the movie off, and I remember I remember watching this, and I asked you. I was I remember specifically texting you and saying, "Have you seen Turtles?" And you said. Yeah, not really good. And I go, yeah, I turned it off at this ridiculous moment where these guys are balancing on, 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 on chairs and holding eggs on spoons. And I'm like, what is going on here? This is this is stupid. This is you know. Are you sure us. we're not? Are, we're talking about our favorite scenes now, right? Because I, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> this is an honorable mention favorite scene for me. I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna spoiler this because okay. I can't believe you're saying this right now. <laughs> the fact that they they have a 99 cheese pizza. As an enticement for these turtles, <laughs> how did you not like the hashi? Because I turned it off halfway bet- into the hashi. I you turned didn't it off get before to the ninety-nine got- cheese pizza. Did you? I didn't the first time around. The ninety-nine okay. cheese pizza changes everything in life. It's it's not a deal breaker by any means. No, it was on par with everything else. Which, when we get into the good stuff, I will talk about the redeeming qualities that I found and and why I found it redeeming. But again. 
as it stood at the time, the Hashi was probably one of the most ridiculous things I'd ever seen. And I remember, like I said, the first time I just, I turned it off. I said, I can't do this. This is not. And it probably goes back to that criticism that it, it wasn't serious enough or it was too serious or something. It just, yeah. So those are the, those are my three things. Well, fair enough. I, uh, <laughs> I don't even know what to say to you right now. Giant shipping containers, whatever. You, nobody can do that. I will give you the shipping containers because it's a little bit unrealistic, I guess. Even though we're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So yep. unrealism, or that's not yep. a word. But the lack of realism should not be a, a, a negative on this film. But I love the Hashi. Um, for me, the incorrect origin story was a bummer. I don't know why they changed it. I don't feel like they needed to. Um, the corny jokes... There were just a few too many of them. There's one point where um, April goes to visit Sax, and it's snowy outside. It's winter, and she goes up to his door. She hasn't seen him in a while, and I guess she, you know, her dad was an old family friend or worked for him at one point. He says, "It looks like April has come early this year." <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Like, <laughs> I was like, what's, "No, no, no, it has not." Sax, April has not come early this year. What's funny about that line is it reminded me of Horatio from CSI Miami where I was just waiting for – yeah, it's – anyway, if you're CSI Miami fans, you know that Horatio has a cheesy line right before the opening credits roll with the Who going, wow, and I was just expecting that theme song to play right after that line because it was so bad, so yes. bad. Yeah, you you do. You almost expect the dum dum thing to, thing to go off. Um but, you know, additionally, Sax being a weak villain, I completely agreed with that. I thought he was very one-note. I didn't think he had anything special or unique about him. Just boring, forgettable, throwaway, in my opinion. And yeah. then the other, the only the only other big thing that I, I found the second time around that bothered me was I, I do not like deus ex mechanas. I do not like things that just serve the plot to miraculously get heroes out of situations. Well, when they're in their little uh, chambers being drained of the turtle blood, I guess. <laughs> so it's actually a little, it's a little bit morbid when you think about it. <laughs> um, they're like draining the blood out of the turtles. Uh, to getting get, mutagen. They're to getting get the, mutagen. To out. get the mutagen. Yeah, but they're, they're like slowly killing them like True. in a painful way. Um, but anyway, I think it's, I don't know if it's Donatello or if it's Leonardo. But one of them tells April, he's like, she's, he's like, He's like, we need adrenaline. And she goes over to the computer, and there is literally a button, and it's labeled right. <laughs> Adrenaline Injection Button. Yes, that and was, I was so like, ridiculous. I was like, what? Are you serious? There's a button that says Adrenaline Injection? Like, why? Why is there a button that says that? And, of course, so she hits it, which turns into a great scene. The turtles go nutso, like, getting all, like, hyped and, like, excited. And then, for some reason, and my, my daughter pointed this one out, um, she's like, Dad, why are the turtles bulletproof? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but like after that, they go outside and they're just they're getting like lit up with machine guns, just ding 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 all over them. And it's like, adrenaline makes you bulletproof, I guess. I I don't know. I don't know what's going on anymore. <laughs> so there were some some kind of silly stuff like that that just it was like, oh man. And I had to had to shake my head a little bit and get past it. But yeah. overall, didn't didn't have a huge negative effect on me good that's good man i'm gonna i'm gonna defend the origin story the incorrect origin story and i say that in quotes because i remember distinctly watching the 80s tv show the cartoon and then watching the 90s you know 
motion picture. And I remember having a similar reaction. I was like, that's not how they became turtles. And it got me thinking, you know what? I don't care. They're Ninja Turtles now, you know? Origins don't really matter to me at this point. And I guess because I was so used to seeing a different approach in a theatrical version of these guys that seeing that difference again uh, didn't bother me as much. Now, I'm not saying it was wrong. And if you're if you're about purity and, and, and whatnot when it comes to the, the origins, that's there's definitely an argument to be made. But I, I didn't really I didn't have a problem with that because I'd seen it done before in different iterations. I like the original TV show and I have a fondness I'll say fondness very loosely for the original first movie and, uh, you know, noting, noting that there are definitely differences in the, in the origins there. Well, for me, it was not the turtles origin story per se, how they became Ninja Turtles. It was shredder or not shredder splinter. Um, in the comics, splinter is an actual rat who is a pet of his master who is a, you know, amazing ninja and he's part of the foot clan actually. Right. And Splinter learns ninjutsu by watching his master. And mm-hmm. so he's an actual rat that just becomes a mutated rat. And in so many of these reboots, they make Splinter into a person who then turns into a rat. And that's not consistent with – it doesn't even make sense. Like the turtles were actual turtles. They weren't people that turned into turtles. You're exactly right, but I'm going to – And in this one, Splinter you. was a rat. I will give him that. But – yeah, he wasn't the pet of a you know ninja master. But I will say this: in the original eighty-seven cartoon series, he was a human being. He I know that. So a rat. I know, but saying, that was I'm incorrect. Saying, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm a big guy of I'm continuity, saying, but, but, and I like saying, yeah, the comics right. story of it. Okay, that's that's cool. We can we can agree to disagree. But I'm saying that be, between the yeah between the cartoon and the movie back in the '90s, there was a difference there they too. They stayed more to the same, yes. And and okay. I also I also just didn't like the fact that he's a mutated rat who then picked up a book and taught himself to be the master of all martial arts. Like that's not how you get good at something. I just I just didn't buy that at all. Well, if it was written by Eastman and Laird, which I think that there's some trivia that says that their names were actually on those Kung Fu books, I would believe that, that he could learn it from, from books like that. <laughs> That's true. I guess you, I guess, I guess you got to go back to the creators on that one. Yeah. Yeah. If the creators wrote the ninja book that you learned from, I'm going to believe that you can learn ninjutsu from the creators of the, of the comic. <laughs> anyway, so, I, I, digress. So, I digress. So what did you like about it? Or well, did you like a, it? Did you Let like me tell you. Okay. So here's, here's what I had to do. I remember thinking, okay, why did I not like this? And I remember the Michael Bay issue and all this other stuff. And then I thought, okay, the biggest issue I have with this is that it's not my turtles. This isn't the 87 cartoon. This isn't the 1990s. This isn't what I grew up on. This is so different. And then I said, that's the moment. That's the moment that I realized, okay, let's push that out. This is a retelling. This is a reimagining. This is this, and so when I started thinking about the turtles in terms of the spirit of who they were, when I let that go, it became incredible. So let's go back to the Hashi, okay? So this would be this would be the turning point for me. Okay. I'm watching this, and I'm watching this with new attitude. I'm watching this with a new mentality of saying, okay, these guys are ridiculous. They're ninja turtles. They're teenage mutant ninja turtles. One of the longest names for, you know, a comic book character group, whatever. And I'm watching them do these things and I'm starting to laugh. I'm starting to, and then they get to the 99 cheese pizza. 
and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is funny. This is getting this is getting really great. And so as I'm engrossing myself in this the spirit of this movie and the spirit of these guys, I'm starting to realize, you know what? This actually is a lot of fun. And I think that's where that's where I really got captured in was the funness of it. Not the seriousness of it, not like let's tell this this great story about the turtles. And it wasn't about that and it wasn't about let's let's retell my my growing up stories of the turtles. Let's tell this new story complete with you know apparently a new origin story um i love the fact that april is actually connected to them because there's this great theme of family that exists i love the fact that um well first of all uh overall it was just a great movie experience specifically i the designer me the graphic designer there were two moments that i I just want to kind of briefly talk about one was the opening closing title sequence with artwork by kevin eastman the the way that the title sequence rolled and showing the different uh, almost like comic book pages. Yeah. I want those. I want printouts of those of those pages. They were just really beautifully done digitally, and I love that they were hand drawn. That they came from hand drawings. They weren't necessarily just CG to look like a comic book. That Kevin Eastman actually drew those things, and then they were then digitally, uh, you know, created with motion graphics and whatnot. Um, and then I also loved. Um, there's this moment. I don't know if you caught it when Sax gives April his uh his card and it's like it's 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 there's a it's a cutout like the logo of his name is actually oh, yeah, it's awesome looking yeah and it's and it's it's highlighted behind in front of a in front of a um like a, a fire or a lamp or something so it looks like amazing so his business card, i was like i want a business card like that and i wonder how much it would cost to do that but the designer in me loved those two particular things um yeah so what about you? What were some? Did you did you enjoy it? It sounded like you did. I, I did. The, the first time I so the first time I watched the movie was by myself, and I think man, I actually don't know that I was able to put this into words until you just said this. So what you just said totally laid it out perfectly for me, and it's that it wasn't my turtles. I, I had an expectation going in that my childhood turtles is what I was going to see. I made lots of jokes. I went into it with a negative attitude. Uh, after seeing the, t- the trailers, I was, you know, calling it Teenage Mutant Ninja Trolls the whole time because I didn't care for the design of the turtles. Um, and I just, I never really gave it a chance to be anything. I just, I thought it was awful. I thought the plot was awful. I thought the acting was awful. I thought that the jokes were just stupid and juvenile and corny. Uh, and this, the second time around, I watched it with my kids and it was a completely different experience. And we've we've talked about this many times. And I, I mean, I, I hate to sound like a broken record, but for me personally, it, that's just a, a fact of life that when I watch things with my kids, I get to experience them in a whole different way. And that's how this went. I was able to like let go and watch this as these new turtles, much like you said. And when I did that, I started to really enjoy it. And when they started laughing at things... I started to then find more dialogue funny uh, as a follow-up to that. And yeah. so I actually loved the dialogue. I, I laughed constantly. It was never never ceasing. I, I thought it was great. And I thought that the turtles, they actually fit their personalities. They're, these are teenagers. It's, They're teenagers. Yeah, yeah. And, and for some reason, my 37-year-old self was not able to get past that the first time. But this time it was like, okay, 
I'm watching kids and these kids talk like this, right? This is how kids would talk. These are the, these are the stupid things kids would fight about. So when I let myself get to that place, I was able to really enjoy it. And, uh, you know, just watching it with them was great. They, they pointed out a whole bunch of these things, how, how the turtles were socially awkward around girls. Um, they were really (laughs) nerdy, you know, they made fart jokes and, you know, it's unfortunate because, because of how big and bulky the turtles are, their size and their ability as ninjas just makes you immediately think that they're older. And so I would kind of reckon or compare this to say like a 19 year old star in the NBA. So you've got a high school kid who goes to one year of college because he has to go to college, but he is super talented and he gets drafted by the NBA one year later and he gets put into this elite league with a whole bunch of adults. And all of a sudden you expect him because of his talent level to be an adult, but he's not, he's 19. He's a kid. And that's what the turtles are to me. They are, superstar talent, but they're still kids and they're not mature yet. And that's right. The movie movie captures that perfectly. It really does. That's a great point, man. And, uh, and I think you, you, you nailed it when you said that it it captures them perfectly. You mentioned, um, one of your points being how they look and how they fit the personalities of who they are. And I, I was like you, I couldn't get past initially how they looked, how they didn't look like turtles. They looked like trolls. But I think we talked earlier this week um, about how the more that I got into the movie, the less it wasn't that it was less of an issue. It became more that I saw them as turtles. Like I love some of the subtleties. I love the fact that they're built, even though they're big, they're built differently. If you notice, Donatello is actually thinner than the other turtles. And um, and I think this is why I'm connecting with him now, because I started noticing a few more things about him. Did you notice his glasses? What kind of glasses they were? They were tortoise shell glasses i didn't are you are you are you kidding me with this really funny for a guy that loves puns that's just yeah that was great for me um but you mentioned you mentioned the dialogue and i think like you i connected really with i was so there were just some great moments and i wanted to ask you were there any particular lines that stood out to you as being just particularly laugh out loud well we talked about batman earlier and there is one. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. There's one moment, and I don't, I don't remember what who is saying it to who. I'm pretty sure Roth was involved, or I'm sorry, Raph. My kids corrected me all night long. Every time I would say Roth, Raph, Dad, it's Raph. So it is Raph. I'm it going Raph. with Raph. Okay. Um, but at some point, someone says, "Oh, look, he's doing his Batman voice," and <laughs> and it was just that cracked me up. Um, but there's there's so many lines of great dialogue i don't i want to save a couple of them for my favorite scenes um, okay but yeah i i got a kick out of a lot of it uh donatello at one point <laughs> because i love donatello right and naturally he's the science guy he's kind of yeah. making the plans and stuff and during the big down the slope mountain signs <laughs> i know what you're about you know yeah. what i'm about to say right yeah 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 and he says allow me to be the badass for once <laughs> and then he uses his staff to make the car flip up and there's just this slow motion laugh that you see on Donatello. And it's like, I'm finally getting to do something right. Yes. <laughs> and and, so and cool. then at the, 
Yes, and then at the end of that, he snorts. I don't know if you caught that, but he snorts. Like, he's so giddy with excitement that he snorts. I love that. Um, You know, we both, I think we both had an issue with the whole adrenaline scene, you know, how, but what I loved about that was what happened afterwards. Okay, so if you can get past that, which I know it's hard to, they all just start freaking out because they're so full of adrenaline. And Leonardo goes, I want to clean everything. Everything. Like, you want to clean everything? Are you serious? Of all the things that a guy, a turtle, whatever could say, he he says, I want to clean everything. (laughs) Yeah, and I think... It's just so ridiculous. I think that might also be the same time when Mikey, like, after the adrenaline, he's like, everybody calm down. Look how calm I am. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's so funny. It is so funny. There were, there were just great subtle moments, not only with dialogue, but also like visual jokes. I remember at the very beginning, um, we get introduced to April O'Neil and she's just tried to get this great interview with somebody from, I don't know. She's trying to, she's trying to figure out this big mystery and there's this big story. And, um, and Will Arnett, who plays who plays Vern, which by the way I love Will Arnett in this. I think he's he's just great. He uh, he says he says April, we got to get back, and he starts talking about you know, puff pieces or, or whatever. And we see the next scene, and she's interviewing <laughs> this exercise uh, guy, oh, yeah, like on a Good Morning America type thing. I remember that. But the visual joke to me was seeing his crew of of people that are showing off this exercise and just how ridiculous they are and how serious he's trying to be taken as being like this, this exercise dude. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I can see why she hates doing these pieces because that guy's just off the wall bonkers and how he's trying to promote this just goofy exercise program that combines like yoga with, with contemporary dance or whatever. And it's just, just ridiculous. It really was, but it was, it was hilarious. And, and I, you know, speaking of April O'Neil, I'm going to say something that may be, you know, a hashtag unpopular opinion. I've seen that hashtag around. I thought Megan Fox was good in this. I, not, not, not serviceable. I thought she was good. I thought she really? did a great really? job as April O'Neil. I thought she played it well. I thought she was, you know, she had some of her moments of, you know, for what the character called for, I don't think she did anything wrong. Um, I mean, obviously, I think the writing is always going to be a little shallow on characters that she plays, which is unfortunate. We we don't hardly ever get to see her try and do anything mm-hmm. very deep, but especially not in Michael Bay's world. Uh, but I think that she she played this really well. Uh, she she gave me the sense of uh, care that about her family, the turtles yeah. being her family, um, yeah. and I think that she gave us some some awesome scenes with Vern and. Uh, his failed flirting <laughs> attempts. I yes. thought that they were just great. I thought she had, handled it with a plum. They had great chemistry between her and her and, uh, and Will Arnett. They had really, really good chemistry. And yeah, was, they really did. You know, I like the, um, I like some of the practicality of everything. This is a movie that is very heavy on CG. I mean, there's no doubt you can't apologize for that. It's a very, because it's such an over the top idea. I think that the CG fit, the over-the-topness did. And one of my scenes in particular made use of this. But I think I really enjoyed some of the practicality, particularly with the way that the, I don't know if you want to call them choreographers or cinematographers or whatever, made use of the turtle shells. You know, in previous iterations, I don't know that I've ever seen turtle shells being used as sleds, 
being used <laughs> as shields. And it, it, you know, it's funny. It's funny I know. To hear me say that, but but in actuality, I mean, if I'm a turtle, if I'm a ninja turtle, I'm going to use this shell. Heck yeah! And if you, and again, if you're looking closely at these costumes, you see that Wrath at one point his shell is cracked, and and he talks about that. He talks about the fact that he's Harry you know, Potter. Be careful. He has he's a lightning bolt in the corner. I don't know if you noticed it was a lightning bolt. I think he's. Harry. Did you? Did you just did you just drop a Harry Potter reference Raphael. on a Ninja Turtle podcast? Mm-hmm. Raphael is Harry Potter. It's my it's my okay. theory. It's a okay. We're gonna you get that one if you can take back the uh, the, the the shredder thing. And for, <laughs> yeah, you, you get that okay? Okay. Um, or, or the shipping container. Sorry, not the shredder thing. Oh, okay. But so you get one raft defense if you want, and and I'll I'll give you one or the other. But you sorry to sidetrack you. Get back to his okay. shell. Sorry. But anyway, just in general, just seeing these guys how they how they use their shells for for the for the practical things because I don't know if I've I've ever seen another iteration of the turtles that that do the specific things that they do and the fact that they make them look kind of cool and kind of fun. Like I loved seeing them slide on them because of course ha- never having turtles for pets and never actually doing this with a turtle, I don't know that that would actually happen. But if you're a teenager, that's what you're gonna do. You're Absolutely. gonna use. You're going to use what you have, you know, the shell on your back to, to do the, the things. You're going to have fun. As with far it. as I knew, all they had, all they used them for was to store their weapons. Yeah, that's true. And I, and I, and you know, that, that carries over really to the whole film. Like I thought the action sequences were a lot of fun specifically for me, the, all of the invisible scenes at the beginning. And one of these was at the docks where that whole shipping container thing happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's that one. And then there's a rooftop scene. And then there's a subway scene where they're rescuing some hostages and they yeah. are invisibly kicking butt and you never see them. And it's like, they're striking from the shadows. And that was like the epitome of the turtles, like awesomeness to me. Like yeah. they're, they're how dangerous they are, how truly skilled they are because they were just flipping in and out. And you never got to see them. You would just, the, the camera never showed you the turtles. It was just showing you these glimpses of you know guys getting thrown around or foot soldiers getting you know zip tied up and and tied and 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 beaten up and stuff and it was it's just so good because you never got to see the turtles yeah and even in some of the fight sequences that we saw what i liked about this was that even though we had the michael bay crew doing some of these sequences the issue I had with Transformers was not the issue I had here. I could actually see the fight sequences take place. I was very much um, a spectator. Nothing felt close up. Nothing felt like shaky cam to me. Right. I was actually, you'll hear me talk about this if we ever talk about choreography, particularly like on shows like The Flash and Arrow. I love fight sequences that have a, like a dance to them, that have a rhythm to them. Even if they're not necessarily realistic, even in Civil War, there was a, there was some great in the back half of the movie. There was some great dancing that was going on within the choreography, and I think that's what makes movie choreography for fight sequences really great. Is not that it's necessarily realistic, but that it's enjoyable to watch. Because when you're in a movie like this, where you're suspending your disbelief at the very beginning by saying, "I'm going to watch a story about ninja turtles that live in New York," <laughs> I'm okay with. Yeah. <laughs> with some of these fight sequences being a little bit over the top and a little bit unrealistic because I'm enjoying watching them. Yeah. Speaking of watching, do you, do you remember Splinter's tail watching Splinter? Just 
just yes. bonkers with yes. his tail. Man, he yes. was wrecking. It was awesome. And he was just destroying things. He was so good with his tails. It's neat to see him use, like, kind of like how the turtles use their shells. You know, he's yeah. using his physical uh, attributes that yep. are unique yep. to him. Yeah, very practical. Very one practical. of the one of the other things, like just kind of touching on that that hilariousness aspect. That's what my kids said. I asked them. I said, "What did you like the most?" And they said, "It was hilarious." Both of them nonstop laughter the whole movie. They loved it. And uh, that one scene at the credits. Oh, I can't stop oh, yeah. without laugh. I can't like visualize it without laughing. But the turtles are flipping through New York. And they they hide on a Victoria's Secret billboard, and so right. their <laughs> shells become the bosom of the Victoria's <laughs> Secret billboard, and just yeah. and then they kind of look at each other, and the look they give each other is just so great. Uh, yeah, I but, think it's I think it's Michelangelo and Raphael. Oh, it, but, of course it is. Of course it's and it's Mikey and and, and, and and Mikey's looking at him like laughing, and I think Raph kind of shakes his head. Yeah, it's like come like, on, you know what you're doing. Like, you're you know, you know we're doing this on purpose. You're 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 enjoying this too much. And those <laughs> those two have just that's one of the best relationships in the whole um, Turtles universe. Really, is is Mikey and Raph because yeah. they're like best friends, but they're super competitive. Yeah, and it, and it yeah. tends to to come out, and it, and it came out in this one a little bit. Um, and I expect that it'll continue to come out in future, you know, versions of the future movies that we get. Yeah. You know, I, I thought about this. One of the other things I liked about it, and I wanted to ask your opinion. Um, looking back at the, at the at the cartoon and the movies, I have found a real fascination with voice acting because really, essentially, okay. all these guys were voice actors. And you mentioned in the intro that this movie was done with motion capture. And so I did a little research and I realized that I think Leonardo and Splinter were the only two whose motion capture and voice actor were two different people. So Splinter had two people and Leo had two people. But the other three, their voice actors were also their motion capture actors. So every time you saw Donatello or Raphael or or Michelangelo moving, it was the same guy that was actually talking. And I wanted to ask you, what did you think about the voice acting? Did you think that they were were on par with with their characters did you like them i thought they were great i had no i didn't even you know what i for me i felt like they were people and maybe that's the best compliment i can give them like they never i was never taken out of a scene where i thought oh that's a voice behind a turtle to me Mm -hmm. it was just that's mikey that's raph that's donatello and that's leonardo never even considered the fact that there were voice actors to be honest with you so yeah, I, I guess think, that's how I, think, I felt about it. Yeah, and I and I agree with you. And I think the strength of that is the motion capture, because the the voice actors embraced their their body counterparts. I mean, they were acting. It was a full on act. It wasn't like you had uh, Corey Feldman doing the voice of Donatello by watching. You know, it, it, it felt succinct because it was. And I thought that's what I loved about this version of the of the movie is using that motion capture and synthesizing both the voice and the, you know, the body as well. You know, just, I loved it. I loved it. I thought the voice actors themselves were great. Yeah, me too, man. Well, I think that's all I got for my favorites other than, or other than my favorite scenes. That's all I've got um, yeah. to point out. What about you? You got anything else yeah, you want to hit on? I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. Um, uh, nope. I'm, I'm pretty much good. So let me, 
let me bring us into our three teams. I want to talk about, um, I want to begin to talk about mine. So my number three, I think I mentioned before that Will, uh, Will Ferrell, sorry, Will Arnett is one of my, if not my favorite in this movie. His, uh, his flirting with April is great, but there's one particular scene that I find just incredibly hilarious and, and just sincere and like a train wreck all at the same time. <laughs> it's the moment when, when April calls him, he's making a, uh, he's making a sandwich at his apartment and he is uh, getting the phone call and April's like, meet me over here in 10 minutes. And so he, you don't realize it until he gets there with this goofy little fedora hat that he what? thinks, <laughs> I, I think it was a fedora, I'm not sure, but he's, he's leaning up against this, the news van and you, you start to realize, oh, he thinks that she's really trying to, you know, get with him or whatever. And so there's this conversation that takes place inside the van where he's basically going, April, look, if you wanted to see me, you, you didn't have to make excuses about this, whatever, you know? And so this, there's this banter back and forth and she's like, no, no, that's nothing. That's, no, there's turtles in, in town. It's like, look, you don't have to do this. And then all of a sudden you see Raph say, can you just go? And he pops up in the, from the back of the van and Will Arnett's face is like, that's a turtle. Yeah. I'm like, you're completely serious. It's the and best. It's, it really is. And I remember going, Will Arnett is a great awkward person. And now we, it's just the chemistry between, between him and her and then seeing Raph pop in. It was just so perfect because now he's like, okay, I'm on board. I believe everything you say. I'm now a true believer. It's like, yeah, I think he, he doesn't say Jesus. something like, yes, I'm a turtle. Now drive or something like he's very, it's very like. <laughs> it's <laughs> he, so like, matter of fact. Yeah. And he's like, but as, he's, as the scene ends, he's like. And how did how did he get back? To, um, how did he get back yeah, there? Yeah, he's like worried like, about the practicality of the situation. Yeah, at that like, point, yeah, it's like why exactly? So yeah, much and I think, fun. and I don't know if he's listening to it in his apartment or if it's his ringtone for April, but careless whisper, yes, is, is going on while he's making that sandwich at some point. Yeah, well, and and that's actually an inside joke. Um, if anybody's listening, uh, you're fans of Arrested Development, you'll know what I'm talking about. So the sandwich he's making is the sandwich that he makes as his character on Arrested Development. And on the show, he's got a son. Guess who what his son's name is? Raphael. No, George Michael. No he, way. The singer. Yeah. So that that right there was sort of an inside joke to his, his character on uh, Arrested Development. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I thought it was great. Well, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface my three scenes because I'm going to – I'm going to say something kind of front here. I was going to hold this back for like a final thought, but I, I think I need to frame it a little bit. My three scenes are not as deep as I typically go. I tend to, you know, pull out stuff that are emotional, emotionally moving things that are emotionally moving, whether it's the funniest thing in the movie or the, the happiest or the most dramatic. Um, this one, these are not ones that I have a lot to say about <laughs> because I think that the, the strength of this turtles film is not in its depth. So the criticisms about the plot are, are warranted. They're valid, but I don't think it matters that much because the, the strength of this movie is just in those one liner moments. And there are movies out there that are comedies that come out every summer that we, we all love things like bridesmaids and the hangover, just kind of crazy comedies that are very quotable. And that's, that's where I came out of this one as yeah. you know without it, w these are these are things that i'm going to laugh about forever um, right but there's nothing here that's making me go 
oh, I need to, to think about this in my life. <laughs> yeah. And that may be that may be something that we as 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 moviegoers need to realize that sometimes the expectation shouldn't be as high as we put on a particular film. Yep. And it may be that this is a property that's beloved to a lot of fe- a lot of people that the expectation was too high. And when I say high versus low, I don't mean that it should be like good versus bad. I mean, sometimes, like you mentioned, movies like Bridesmaids or Office Space or things, they don't have depth intentionally. They're meant to do something different. And I think what this movie set out to do, it accomplished. And that's to entertain and have a, a sense of there was, there, was, there was a moral, there was a theme to it. But it really set out to to get people laughing and to have a lot of fun. And I will say this. There is a moment that really articulates this. It's when the turtles are on this beam at the climax of the movie and they're falling. And each turtle is saying, you know, if, if this is our last moment together, you know, Mikey's like, I wish I ate more pizza or whatever. Yeah. And then Raph, it gets to everybody and Raph goes – you know, I wish I would have told you guys that you're my family and that I love you and all. That. And so you have this like overwhelming dramatic scene. And then by the time he finishes, the camera pans back and they've actually landed and they're they've safe. Land, they're safe. And that to me visually articulates what this movie is. It's like we know that it's a lighthearted film. We know that it doesn't have a lot of depth, but we know it also has heart. And we know that we're not trying to be anything but what we're what we are. Yeah. And I think that's where it succeeded. Yeah, me too. And and okay, so back into my three scenes. But I'm just I'm Sorry, just trying yeah. to I'm just trying to frame that I don't have a lot to say. <laughs> okay. But my my favorite my number three favorite scene or favorite moment the moment that I laughed the third hardest I guess in a way as at the top at the rooftops when the turtles meet April and she's freaking out and they're they're all like talking and they're trying to like calm her down and stuff and Mikey comes up and he goes just d- 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 don't freak out. It's just a mask, and he takes yeah, off the mask, <laughs> and that's when she passes out. Is <laughs> it's like it's <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Absolutely, it's just Absolutely, so yeah. dumb because it's like she's <laughs> it's as if the fact that you're a turtle doesn't matter. It only matters in his mind. He's like, oh, oh, I know what it is. It's because I've got this little it's, bitty it's thin mask, orange yeah. mask around my eyes. When in reality, <laughs> it's the fact that you're a stinking turtle. And I just, yeah. I, I laughed so, so hard at that moment because it was that just, was great. It, it was so pure of heart from him. That was great. Yeah, that was a, that was a great moment. Um, I love the, uh, I love the scene, particularly with. Uh, again, this is like you. It was a, it was a, it was a line heavy scene but donatello this may have been where donatello really elevated himself as my close number two was when he um when he's 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 i guess putting out the he's putting the code in and trying to de deprogram or whatever and he finishes and he turns around and says he says something like oh yeah look at me i'm buying italian and you know italian's on me and you just see this this moment of real like elation, like I just solved the problem. Like this is, this is all on me. This yep. is the moment for me. And uh, I thought that was great. Cause Donatello, like, like you mentioned earlier, he doesn't get a lot of chances to shine. I mean, he's the, he's the nerdy science guy. So he's not the funny one. He's not the attitude driven one. He's not the leader. Uh, I think even in the cartoon, it says, 
Donatello does machines. That's kind of his only claim to fame in the theme song. That is exactly what it you says. Know? Yeah. And who really wants to be Donatello? He does machines. What? Yeah. And and I love the fact that he just sort of embraced this moment of saying, I did it. I'm awesome. So is that, is that your number two? That's my number three, actually. I thought yeah. your number three was Wrath and Vern. Okay, maybe that was that was okay they're tied for number three (laughs) well we're on your number two okay sorry yeah i I guess i got off track when you mentioned that great line so my number two is going to be the uh the chase battle sequence when they leave the facility after they've gotten the uh adrenaline pumped and they basically have this big battle down a big snow uh a, a slope a snow a ski slope or whatever down a big snowy mountain and the whole thing is just so over again it's over the top this is where the cgi just gets crazy but where it feels like a cartoon it feels like panels of a comic book and there's this one moment at the very end where <laughs> where uh i guess it's april and a couple of turtles are on this i guess they're on a on a truck or something and they go over the cliff and what you see you see a you see a rope that you can clearly see they're still connected to it and you don't hear a crash, but you hear Mikey who's slid. He, he is, he's trying to catch him and he slides down and he's like, they're all gone. They were so, <laughs> they were so young. young. And then <laughs> you, you hear Raph just sliding down on his shell going, they're not dead. You bonehead. And he, he doesn't stop. He's just, he's still sliding. It's just yep. this little like this physical gag. It's just like, what? I, I I laughed so hard. I don't. I had to actually. I rewound it and watched it two more times because I wanted to make sure that I caught everything. And uh, but yeah, that was a great. That whole scene was great. Just the whole battle sequence, and then finishing off with that really stupid moment of perfect. That's good, man. Um, well, my number two was a little different. Uh, it was not a battle scene. It was it was it was at the end of the film, and uh, they are they. <laughs> They've sadly just exploded yet another vehicle of ferns. <laughs> um, and the turtles come up and uh, Mikey busts out of the door and begins to serenade April by singing Happy Together, which is by a band <laughs> called The Turtles. The Turtles. <laughs> and the meta-ness of that was yeah. just noteworthy to me. It's not... It's not like a mind blowing scene. Nothing's, you know, really that special is happening. But, you know, he's been flirting. He likes her the whole time. And it's just so much fun to see him trying to to go after this human girl as a turtle. Like to him, you can tell there is no, it's almost like you would think of interracial dating these days. You know, like back in the day, there's these roadblocks like you look at yourself and you think you're different but mikey sees no color he sees no he sees no species apparently like he just sees a a hot girl in his opinion and he's like wants to date her and so he's going all out and i just think it's the most hilarious sweet thing when he does that well and what's what's great is that payoff when he busts out the back. So he starts singing to her. And I think, did you mention and that? And they pull that him he, back in. They pull it right. Yeah. They pull him back in when he comes out the side and then they drive off and he does it out the back as well. <laughs> it's so yeah. funny. It's good. And, and it's believable too. It's it believable. is. And, and my number one is the same as your number one. So go ahead and lead and we'll just talk about it. But we have the same scene. 
Well, yeah, I mean, nothing can top this. The elevator scene. Oh, oh yeah. My goodness. Are you kidding me with this? It started out as something kind of stupid. And then I was like, this is getting really fun. And by the time they get to the climax of their little beatbox scene, I'm like, I'm bobbing my head. I'm like, oh, oh me yeah. too. DJ Mikey. I mean, and they're all just they all get involved. They all start buying into it. And it's just so much fun. It is just it's so much fun. It really I mean, it just completely just emphasizes the whole essence of the movie. And like these guys at the heart of it, they're smart, they're talented, but they're fun. And they're like, we're going to have a good time with this. And, it, you know, I was thinking about this in light of our, you know, our podcast last week that that whole idea of family and being bonded by something in common. I mean, these guys, they know what's good about them. They know what they can do and they can relax in that. And that beatbox scene completely shows that, that they're like they're about to go battle this big dude and they have time to go up a big giant elevator or, you know, all these floors and rock out a little remix you know, beatbox yeah. action. It's They're great. Having fun. And it is, it is, it is, it is in a snapshot. Like it's in a movie, in a scene, mm-hmm. kind of the whole picture of who they are. Yeah. And that one quick little scene, it just kind of sums them up and it does such a great job of that. It's just, Oh, we, we were laughing. We were rolling literally like rolling around laughing when that happened. I'm actually looking forward to, uh, you know, revisiting this when my, when my son, he's three now, but when he gets older, I really want him to experience this. I don't know that he would catch, um, a lot of fun with the older cartoon or the older movies like I did, you know, for nostalgia reasons, but I think he would really enjoy this a lot. Like your kids, you, you talking about this experience with your kids just makes me want to let my, let, let my boy just Uh, into this. I'm excited for when you get that opportunity and for any of our listeners that are able to to experience that i i highly recommend if you haven't seen this one again uh, or sen- seen this one since your first viewing and you didn't like it having listened to us now if you have kids especially go watch it with your kids and see if you come out of it different because i i i haven't heard of a kid that didn't like it so um <laughs> you watch it with them you see them get excited it's hard not to just slide into that uh, i have one honorable mention before we close up shop and that is just yep. that uh, the music, they they have a theme song in this, and you guys got to hear a little bit of it uh, at our opening today um, for the episode. We don't usually do that, but this one was so addictive. It, it, it was it it, it it reminisced me. It made it, or it was easy for me to reminisce with this this new theme song because it took me back to the Turtle Power song that you and I were talking about. Like you've said it before that you know like that was your jam, right? Yeah, you knew every word of that song. Yeah, it made me feel like I was a really cool guy because I could rap those lyrics. Absolutely, <laughs> like else, we could we could manage that. Yeah, and and then this one comes in with this whole knock knock, you about to get shell shocked theme, and it had us rocking and bouncing and jumping around the room, and the whole rest of that night. In fact, the whole rest of that weekend, my kids and I would yell knock knock. And then someone would turn and look, and the person would say, you about to get shell-shocked, and they would throw a pillow at each other. (laughs) And so this happened for like the next two days straight. We were just yelling that phrase and singing that song in the car and throwing pillows at each other, shell-shocking each other. That's um, awesome. Oh, it's just a blast. It's it's, it's provided me – it went from being a film that I 
really just made fun of to everybody I knew whenever anybody would bring up turtles and had in a way taken my joy of the past and, and kind of like thrown le- it in the sewer. Yeah. It had lessened it <laughs> yeah. to reinvigorating it and making me want to go explore in these comics and this new TV show and do all these other things. And, uh, I just, I'm very grateful for that. And I'm grateful yeah. that they, these new, this new show exists. My closing thoughts are this. Hi, future Aaron here. I'm breaking in for just a moment to tell you about an awesome opportunity that Patrick and I had this week to be guests on another podcast. We had the pleasure of comparing this Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film with the 1990 version of the movie, along with Peter on the original remake podcast. We had a lot of great conversation, and I highly recommend you check out that episode as well. If you find yourself enjoying it, be sure to let Peter know and subscribe to Original Remake. All right, back to present Aaron and Patrick. Here we go. You know, I'm going to start watching that cartoon some. My kids are watching it. They're into it. The fact that I can have a renewed fandom with the Turtles and it be something I share with them, um, I'm so excited about doing that and getting back into this universe. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. And I think you know, as as far as just my my closing thoughts, I, I think that origin stories are are serviceable for upcoming sequels. I think we've seen that in some of these origin stories from the Marvel universe, which are really great, but we know that in particular, I'm going to call out the captain America movies. Each one of those movies has gotten progressively better because of the fact that we've already laid down the foundation for where these get, where this guy comes from. And I think, yes, I agree with the critics that the plot was a little bit, it was contrived and it was kind of shallow, but I hope my hope is that in the future, the adventure is a lot more, um, you know, out there and more liberal because of the fact that we've already established this. So we don't have to worry about where these guys came from and have to kind of keep them grounded that, that we can move on to new enemies and new battles and new one-liners and all this stuff. And that's kind of what I'm looking forward to in this sequel. That and the fact that Stephen Amell, Arrow, is is taking on uh, the Casey Jones role. That I'm really looking forward oh, to yeah. that. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm pretty pumped about that as well. I'm excited to see if he can manage it. And I, I think he can. I really like him. Uh, and so, I, I'm, dude, oh, and Bebop and, Bebop and Rock City, just bring them on. They look great. Guys, they, they absolutely do. I, yeah, ready, ready, for, ready for more nostalgia, ready for the turtle van, ready for just more little homages to, to my childhood. I'm oh, excited. one more week. It's coming, buddy. Coming. I'm it's excited. coming. All right. Well, that's what you got from us this week. Uh, I hope that we have helped to make you want to revisit the turtles again as well Uh, as always we're available online to chat with you can you can reach the show at feeling film on facebook twitter there's a facebook group you can come dive into conversations with us there um, and get get engaged into this community we're trying to build to talk positively about films let us know what you like what you've been watching Uh, if you want to hit patrick individually Yep, you can catch me at Chewless Patch both on Twitter and Facebook. I'm usually hanging out at uh, both of those places pretty much throughout the day. So, love to get engaged in conversation about uh, this movie or any movies that we've reviewed or anything that we've talked about as far as our opening stuff, like uh, these uh, these great reality shows. I'm going to pitch them. You know, I'm going to plug those one more time. <laughs> of course, and uh, you can meet me, uh, get online, and get interactive with me uh, as well at Aaron L. White, that's A-A-R-O-N-E-L-W-H-I-T-E, also on Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else, Letterboxd, uh, you name it, I'm probably on it. 
So until next week, when it's time for us to cover TMNT2 and bring you our thoughts on that, stay positive. And keep filling film. Hey, Patrick. Yes? Knock, knock. You about to get (laughs) shell-shocked.